So good morning, Anna and Talka. I'm very happy to have you both here with me. Today, our episode is concerning the topics of sustainable business models and circular economy. And Talke will be my co-host for today. Talke is Director of Circular Economy at BASF. So her day-to-day -day work is really directly connected to the topic of today's session. Anna is the CSR manager at PreZero, headquartered in Neckars-Ulm. And PreZero is actually an environmental service provider active in the dual system, in disposal, recycling, and recovery, uh, and in the waste management industry in general. PreZero is part of the Schwarz uh, Retail Group, which also includes Kaufland and Lidl. And I think we have a lot of interesting topics to talk about today uh, around circular economy and sustainable business models and how PreZero contributes to these topics. So I'm really looking forward to the session with both of you. And without further ado, I would like to hand over to you, Taika, for our first question. <laughs> yeah, thanks a lot, Laura. Um, well, first of all, we are, of course, interested in a little bit about yourself um, and also your role at PreZero. Could you tell us a bit on that? Um, my role at PreZero is that I'm responsible for corporate social responsibility. Um, my background is in international business economics. I studied in Germany, the US and England. Um, I worked at SAP. I had worked uh, socially and in education in Uganda. I have worked on sustainable transport and catering concepts for big events for the Katholikentag, which took place in Mannheim with 80,000 attendees. And before I joined uh, PreZero, I worked for seven years at universities. And one was the Cooperative State University of Baden-Württemberg in Heilbronn. Uh, where I worked on European projects to increase strategic partnerships between universities and businesses and quality and practical experience for students. And this is where I came into uh, contact with the Schwarz Group uh, at the Bildungs Campus in Heilbronn. And I also got to learn that the Schwarz Group is more than just Lidl, Kaufland and its own production, uh, that they have their own environmental service provider. And this is why I took the challenge to myself to go back into the industry and started to work at PreZero one and a half years ago. Right. So maybe what you can also tell us a little bit is um, how your interest in sustainable business models and circular economy started. So was that when you joined PreZero or did that already start through your traveling experiences earlier? What was your personal path to begin to work on these topics? Uh, my personal path already started quite early. I don't know if you remember those poetry albums in uh, where you uh, wrote in some poems for your classmates. And mine has always been only after the last tree has been cut down, only after the last river has been poisoned, only after the last fish has been caught, then you will find that money cannot be eaten. So I was always uh, quite interested in climate change, cultures, the poor and hungry in emerging economies. And on the other hand, I already had a garbage truck from Playmobil when I was a child. And so I was already fascinated by those trucks and men who worked on the streets on the dirty side uh, and to make uh, the streets clean again, to the households clean. And this is why I'm happy that I can combine my early interests and my passions with the knowledge uh, in the field of waste and recycling management and the moment at PreZero and learn a lot more about circular economy. 
Wow, seems like all paths have really come together for you there. Yes. <laughs> Sometimes in the end it makes sense what you have done in the past. <laughs> Sounds great. Um, what about the terms sustainability and circular economy? What do they mean to you? Uh, sustainability means to me to take care and take responsibility for your actions as a, a human or private person, but as well as an employee. Uh, and you have to look at things from different perspectives and to understand the impact of your actions to and on others. This is mainly to wrap up. And uh, the combination now is uh, for us also on our daily business because we work at circular economy and our uh, core business is already kind of sustainable. Uh, there is the link between uh, circular in economy and sustainability uh, to us because pre-zero uh, means that we aim to preserve resources and to reduce the amount of non-reusable waste to zero. This is why we are called pre-zero. Yeah. Maybe we can actually talk a bit about pre-zero here um, and uh, switch from your personal path to now your profession and your work that you do uh, at the company. So um, maybe you can explain us a little bit more how the business model of pre-zero actually contributes to sustainable development in general and to a more circular economy specifically. Yes, I first give you a few numbers about pre-zero because we are a fast-growing company organically and inorganically. Uh, when I started at Prezero, we were around 4,000 employees, and uh, now we are 13,000, and we operate in over 280 locations in Germany, Poland, the Netherlands, Belgium, Luxembourg, Sweden, Austria, Italy, and the US. And we have around uh, 140,000 commercial customers and had a turnover of 700 million euro in 2020. And uh, we had an acquisition of parts um, uh, from the Swiss group. And uh, this is why our sales will increase to, do, to more than 2 billion euros um, in the next year. And our core business is um, divided into three parts. Um, it's, uh, it's the dual system, it's the recovery, and it's the recycling. And the dual system is uh, that uh, we have the dual system for licenses packages and act as a strategic link between the manufacturer and the disposer. And we launched the service already in 2020 and nationwide now in 21. Then uh, we have the recyclable sector, which includes the disposal. Uh, we package waste uh, and first collect from our consumers by our own collection resources and then separate them in the corresponding fractions in our companies and sorting facilities. And then afterwards, uh, with our recycling experts, we then produce recyclates from plastic uh, and these can be used again to make new products and uh, uh, that can be used in many different sectors. And next to our core businesses, we also have further brands. Um, one is called the Green Cycle, the other is Out Nature and Preturn. And Out Nature is the company where we are responsible for the management of, risk, uh, of everything for Kaufland and retail, retail divisions. 
as well as the Schwarz Productions. So we provide also other services such as energy transition. Um, Preturn is a company that is dedicated to the development of intelligent multi-use load carriers and pool services. And one product is the Hybron Half Palette. And we are hereby reshaping the entire supply chain efficiently and transparently because we can track those uh, half pallets. And OutNature is a company that was developed through a project. It develops and distributes innovative uh, as well as sustainable fiber and paper products for packaging, uh, packaging solution in trade, but as well in, as in industry based on the streaky silphy. It's a plant that is considered an energy crop. Yeah, this is a short deep dive into our... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, what becomes clear, I think that it's really a complex setup um, that you have there. And also really fascinating for me has been the fact that that the Schwarz Group actually um, early on looked at this partif particular business, right? Um, maybe you could talk a little bit about this constellation of PreZero being part of the Schwarz Group and how that gives you a specific lever of impact. Yes, um, we are unique, uh, a, a unique company group in retail because we can uh, close or close loops within our group. And uh, this is unique because most other companies, they don't have it all under one roof. And uh, for example, when you think about what happens to the waste uh, generated by Lidl and Kaufland, um, we as Presur see those waste as recyclable resources, and we ensure that these are processed and recycled in the best possible way. And so we go and first collect them, separate them in containers, and then put the, transport them to our facilities. In our sorting facilities, uh, we are sorting them into the various fractions and prepare them for processing. And during the preparation step, uh, those material streams are prepared and pre-processed for recycling. And in the recycling step, uh, the recyclable materials are processed into recycled and reused. And finally, we can make new products and packages um, from it. And those can be offered for sale again at Lidl and Kaufland or also at other customer stores. And this is a bit the unique fact, um, as mentioned, because we are not simply using up natural resources, but we try to stem multiple times and we drive uh, the, uh, the transformation from linear to circular economy. And this is where we work together uh, on our core business. But we also work together in the part of corporate social responsibility um, on topics which um, where we can represent a bigger impact as a group. And for example, we have the same code of conduct for business partners. We have the same sponsoring and donation frameworks. We have the same KPIs for CSR. And uh, now we worked strongly together on our climate strategy, and we just handed in as a group our aims to the science-based targets initiative. And uh, here we are trying to contribute to the limiting global warming to 1.5 degrees Celsius. 
and we will reduce our greenhouse gas emissions in scope one and two by 55 percent uh, by 2030 compared to 2019. And um, another topic is always uh, um, very uh, yeah, important to us is uh, the use and the knowledge about plastic. We have uh, our own reset plastic strategy from the Schwarz Group um, because we think that whoever puts plastic into circulation has also the responsibility for its recycling. And hereby we have um, five different fields of action. The first one is to reduce. The other one is to redesign, recyclable capuchin and closed loops. Of course, we want to recycle, but we also want to remove uh, plastic waste from the environment. And we also do research and invest in research and the development of innovative solutions and educate on recycling. Yeah, Could you even so, say something about the redesign part? I think that's actually interesting um, what you are doing there. Um, we are do, uh, with, um, there are different activities for redesigns. For example, we have reduced the weight and the size of uh, nuts. Um, so we can normally uh, work on our own products from our own production sites. So we can try to reduce um, plastics, we can redesign also the parts where we deliver fruits uh, and vegetables, where we don't use uh, only plastics anymore, but we use other fibers uh, to hold those packages together. And one big example is, of course, our, um, our water bottles and other bottles of PET. They are completely now out of 100% recyclables and um, recyclat and uh, this was one major step for us uh, through the redesign of those bottles. Yeah, I think it's really a fascinating point, Taika, that you raised, right? That you are able to close the loop within one constellation of organizations, right? And uh, uh, you raised a couple of points that I would like to deep dive a bit more on. Uh, you mentioned uh, the science-based targets, you mentioned KPIs and measurement. And one specific focus that we have in this podcast series is exactly this topic of impact measurement and management, right? Because, uh, of course, you have to measure things to be transparent for yourself and then also for your stakeholders uh, what your impacts are and how you can measure them so um, I know that for you this is also a topic of specific importance we have actually at the moment one research project together right on measuring the impacts uh, in the area of circular economy maybe you can elaborate a bit on what the role for you at PreZero is um, in terms of impact measurement in general, and then how you think that it contributes to your development of the business model in the future? Yeah, of course, as a bis uh, all our business activities are driven by impact measurement. So as a company, we are driven by numbers and KPIs to benchmark ourselves to uh, uh, the competitors, but also to measure our performance and to be able to set targets also for our sustainable strategy. And um, this is why we also used um, those 
different perspectives to bring to, uh, together uh, the topics for our sustainable strategy. Uh, we compared uh, the two perspectives um, of all our stakeholders and those ones from the economical, ecological and social impacts with the relevance to the sustainable development goals. And those ones were then compared and combined again uh, with our internal business perspectives. And this is where you can already see that um, yeah, impact measurement plays quite a big role because we uh, think that you have to look at numbers from different perspectives. Uh, the impact should not be measured just from the economic, but also from the ecological, social perspective, as well as from the ones of our employees. And uh, this is where it gets a bit interesting and complicated because, of course, you can have a positive impact from the social view, but might have a, a negative impact on the ecological one. I have uh, my favorite example normally is especially discussing with other people is the cucumber. Um, as a customer myself, I went into retail stores and saw that the cucumber was packed in plastic and thought, why the hell is this cucumber uh, packed in plastic? And then there was the pressure on the retailers to stop using plastic packaging around cucumbers. And the result was that three quarter of a delivery were already unsoluble. And uh, this is why we use plastic around some cucumbers, especially the bio ones. And um, this, but this plastic, which we use is recyclable and can be uh, reduced 100%. And this is where you can see that sometimes you need different perspective and um, that different uh, views can have a different impact on, for example, a product. Yeah, that's always the difficulties, right? These trade-offs and uh, you see these bio cucumbers packed in plastic. I mean, I had the same struggles, but I also saw recently in a little store that you have some plastic, something that looks like plastic, but it's actually wooden fibers, right? So there is also a lot of innovation going on, which I think is gradually taking hold in the business models, right? Uh, yeah, if you see, it's not out of wood, it's out of 100% recyclable plastic, but uh, with different colors. So this is why it has the, the darker uh, look. Yeah, interesting. I think the cucumber example is, is one that has been discussed often and always reminds me of the of the power of, of life cycle analysis, right? I mean, looking at the whole life cycle to finally assess whether something is actually more sustainable or less sustainable. Same story with the apples that can be more sustainable um, coming from further away because it also takes um, energy to cool them during the wintertime in Germany. So that's another story, I think, where the power of LCA is actually shown. Um, Anna, we wanted to also speak a bit about this transition towards more sustainable and circular economy that actually is a huge challenge for our societies. What do you think are the biggest hurdles here to overcome those challenges? Um, the biggest hurdle to me, of course, is uh, that we have to have a holistic approach, uh, which is necessary for the comprehensive transformation from linear to circular thinking. Um, and we have to think from uh, the raw material production, uh, think through the product design and to use and the return of the material at the end of use of a product. And it's not enough to just optimize individual adjustment screws, but we have to have um, overall steps and systematic change. And this cannot be done 
by us as a single company because we all need more cooperation and more conscious consumption. And um, the business models will change in the future, hopefully, uh, with significantly lower use of resources, especially in those ones with primary material input. Um, but there are, of course, uh, other hurdles. And one of the biggest hurdles also is that we not just produce waste, but we also have to think about how to avoid waste, um, as mentioned in the waste hierarchy. And other hurdles um, that we need to overcome is also that we need to set circular economy aims nationally and European-wide, that we have more transparency in products and product designs. Uh, of course, we need a development in the secondary raw material markets. Um, I think it's the same for you at the BSF. And uh, we need interdisciplinary partnerships with businesses, research, and innovation. And uh, this is uh, also a nice anecdote uh, where we talked with you, uh, Laura, and also the Tune Munich, for example. And you can see that for sustainability and for a circular economy, also those departments who have worked sorely uh, in the history now have to work together also at universities. And I think this is also um, a big step that we need to take for research and innovation. Maybe we can stick with this point around partnerships for a minute. Uh, I know that you have these internal um, partnerships in the Schwarz Group, so you're closing the loop there, so to say. Uh, you have partnerships with universities in terms of research and development. Um, but I know that you also have a couple of partnerships with NGOs and other you know, societal actors. Maybe you can tell us a bit about what role partnerships uh, with these kinds of actors play for you. Um, for us, those partnerships are very uh, important to, um, for us to get the different views that we need uh, for certain topics. And uh, those partnerships for us are normally also, we want them that they are challenging because uh, in the partnerships, you will have your up and downs, you will have disagreements, sometimes agreements. But in the end, you want to reach certain goals. And this is uh, why we want to work together with different actors. Um, we work in several associations um, in Germany, the BDE, the BDE. Um, we work with NGOs, especially the WWF, um, where we also uh, talk about politics. We talk about the use of plastics. We look into research. We, uh, we work with you, uh, the University of Mannheim. We also want to have stakeholders involved and get uh, the idea of customers. Uh, what are their struggles? Uh, what are their interests? And of course, we also have a department and a set for public affairs because especially circular economy, which is our main business, is um, driven by politics. And um, I can give you an example from this week. Um, I have been at the Nürburgring and Uh, where all the logistics and daily supplies for the flood victims is coordinated. And um, this is where I found the, that the effort and power from voluntary helper from different backgrounds, from an unemployed single parent to a CEO, uh, are working together. And it will take months and years to go, to go back to normal in those affected areas. And, um, but we have to think about that those horrible scenarios already took place in other countries in the last year. 
and that climate change pays its burden. And this is why we have to think forward and we have to use our partnerships that we already have and uh, transform them to sustainable networks. And um, this is what we have to act and where we have to act now. Yeah, thank you very much. I think also interesting to hear um, the actual um, involvement now in helping for the flood um, the victims or affected people there. Yeah, thank you very much. Um, I think, um, let's say, coming a little bit more to the end um, of the podcast here, we would be interested um, to hear about your opinion. What, in summary, would you say um, do we need on the path to a more sustainable and circular economy? I think we have to involve more people uh, who have an overall understanding of sustainability as well as circular economy and its contribution to nature, society, but also to businesses. And this is why we need to enlighten uh, and uh, make key players responsible. We have to integrate all stakeholders uh, from private initiatives as well as public regulations. And uh, one personal opinion is that sustainability should be mandatory subject in education uh, because it concerns every subject and we need those partnerships and networks along the value change towards closing loops. And uh, we all should support innovations and digitization uh, to reach those goals. Yeah, I think very valid points. Um, and as Talke said, we are already coming close to the end of our session. Uh, at the end, we always have one question for all guests, um, which is kind of a summary of your, know, your perspective on these topics. If you could post one sentence on social media, which the whole world would read right now, what would it be? Um, my sentence would be, listen to others, cooperate, never stop learning and take responsibility for your actions as, as each one can make an impact. Very nice. Thank you. Really nice words. So, Talke, I think uh, this was a great session. Anna, really, really nice contributions. Thank you both so much for taking the time to join the session today. Talke, thanks for being such a wonderful co-host. Anna, thank you for really sharing your perspectives uh, from your work at PreZero with us. Thanks also to the audience for listening in today. And I would say enjoy the rest of the day and see you soon. Bye bye.